Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast. We're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofskin. Oh, 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 oh. Ogre, are we <laughs> are we going to talk about Fiona Apple? Maybe Donald Duck with keys. Let's not half-ass it. Put on a Scottish accent, eat your haggis in the swamp, and never trust a wooden boy on the ground because he's just lying there. Joining us today are the usual Smash Mouthers who are believers, including Kevin O Girl Jager. Oh, girl, that was actually a good one. I, I appreciate that. Kimberly, our gumdrop buttons game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. That's a good one. And with us today are two citizens of Duloc. Let's give a big broad waste of welcome to two hammies and friends of the show. Friends of the show. Aaron J. Albano and Nikisha Williams. Absolutely. Uh, we've I done halfway through. That was a weird transition from song. I know it was a mashup. <laughs> we, uh, I've, I feel like I've done the Shrek songs before. So, and I've done green and I've done all those things. So I was like, you know, why not, why not sing some new kids on the block? Um, but you know, the new kids on the swamp, uh, but yeah, for this week we are, we watched, uh, Shrek, the musical, the live cap it's on Netflix um we watched a little bit of that so before we get into that let's start with what are you drinking what are you drinking Aaron? let's start with you what are you drinking i am drinking a white claw water le- water lemon water watermelon <laughs> yep oh is that did you get one of the big ones like separately mm-hmm. nice yeah i got one of the i got one of the variety packs and i'm finishing off the watermelon because I drank one of these already on a different Zoom. So I'm just continuing the trend. Yes, girl. Beautiful. I feel like there's going to be an action movie called like Zoom Hopper. No? Anyway. <laughs> Kevin, what are you drinking? 
I'm having a Chateau Saint Michel Cabernet Sauvignon. Fancy. Chateau. Yeah. Actual wine glass. Yes. Very um, Kimberly, what are you drinking? Um, I have gin and an undisclosed seltzer flavor. Cool. Melon. <laughs> melon. Honestly, <laughs> m- melon feels like the answer when you're not 100% sure what flavor it is. Mm-hmm. Cucumber melon from Bath and Body Works in 2002. <laughs> Good job. My signature. Oh, me too. <laughs> what are you drinking, Nikisha? I am drinking uh, some orange juice and coconut rum. Ooh. Yay. Mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm drinking tequila mixed with a little lime soda. Um, so uh, cheers. 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 So I want to go around and I want, um, I want you to you have three sentences. Uh, your relationship with the movie Shrek. Um, like the, the, the original animated um, 2001 Shrek film. Um, then I want you to tell me one sentence about your relationship with this live cat, excuse me, or, or just with the Shrek the musical in general. Um, and then I want to hear um, your, your hottest take on Shrek the musical. I want your hottest take, just comment, not necessarily about this live cap, because we're going to talk about like the quality of this live cap compared to other ones we watch. But I want your hot take on Shrek the musical. Like your most so, controversial thought. So on. is this one sentence for each thing? Correct. Okay. Okay. First, first sentence is your relationship to the musical. Second sentence is your relationship. Sorry. First sentence is your relationship to the movie. Second yes. sentence is your relationship to the musical. And then third sec- sentence is spill the tea girl. Yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. The green tea, if you will. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Snaps. Snaps for that one. We have to call this section the green tea section. The this green the, yeah. tea. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Because I have a specific memory about the movie. And sorry, it's not going to be one sentence. But when I was 12 years old, if you ever had a Hollywood theater in your area... Um, they have a party area. And so I had my party at Hollywood theaters and we watched Shrek, (laughs) the movie. Um, So that was like my introduction to that. And after watching it in theaters at 12 years old, I watched it every time it came on uh, ABC Family because it was all the time. And I never saw the musical, but I definitely have watched the live cap multiple times. And my hot take is that Christopher Seaver can get it any day, every day, all day for the rest of my life. Great. Ooh. Cool. Work. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, who wants to go next? I don't know. If I, I will. Have a hot take. Okay. Sure. I still, I'm still thinking of my hot take. Okay. Oh. okay. So um, my. Honestly, my relationship with the movie is that I saw the movie <clears throat> and I was I was one of those people who was like thought it was good but was like offended by how hard they came for Disney because okay. I I love Disney and so much of the the movie is like going at Disney and when I at that age I was like yo bro like relax on Disney. Um so that was my feelings about the movie originally. Um Second sentence is my feelings on the musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, no, your relationship with the musical. Oh, 
my relationship with the musical is that I saw, I watched this live cap when it first came on Netflix like a few years ago um, and have watched it multiple times and we'll talk about why uh, later. Um, but my hot take about this is there are multiple moments in this show that rival the greatest musical theater moments of any show period. I can point out three possible moments in this show that like I would stand up against like, and I am telling you from dream girls and like, like the impossible dream for man the launch, like, like iconic, brilliant, perfect musical moments. This musical is like mind boggling, goodly good in certain spots because Janine Tesori is a freaking genius. Um, so there's certain spots that this musical hits the heavens, and I can't wait to talk about them. Sure. Uh, Aaron? I'll go, yeah. Um, movie. I watched this in the theaters and loved it. And in the opposite direction of Kevin, I loved that they came for Disney because mm-hmm. it was a joy to my heart that it was a movie that was sending up so much in the movie. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, when it's your 30th birthday celebration, then, you know, uh-huh. yeah. When, when, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like got to change it up. <laughs> Period. Musical. This might be more than one sentence. I never saw this live because at the time I was on my like BFA high horse and being like, mm. Ugh, why is Shrek on Broadway? Why are they ruining the brand that is Broadway? Because they've made this movie that doesn't belong on Broadway, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward to when we discovered it on um, Netflix and my ex-boyfriend was like, you've never seen Shrek? Let's watch Shrek. And it got to the end of act one. And I turned to him and said, wait, this was Shrek? And it has been my biggest Broadway regret ever since. Sure. Um, and if just and, to interject for a second, if you do listen to the ensemblist, um, the episode about the years Tonys with Billy Elliot mm-hmm. and all of that, um, uh, Mo and Aaron go into depth about this year's Tonys and a little bit about Trek in general. So I would uh, highly suggest listening to that to get a little bit more context around um, this Tony season and, and the Shrek production in general. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And then... What was the last one? Oh, my hot take. My hot take. Um, I don't have a hot take. Uh, this is so unusual for Aaron hot. not to be like steaming with hot takes. I know because it's, he likes well, like it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> ding ding ding. Um, <laughs> fair, fair. Oh, yeah. Hot take doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah, no, no. I know. I think it's a. I think it's a really great like adaptation of the of the movie that expands on real oh no take two i was gonna say that was a a lukewarm take aaron and i was like my hot take is i after watching it i completely understand why brian darcy james would leave next to normal to do this show Hmm. cool Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Uh, Kimberly. Um, 
This movie came out when I was also turning 12. Um, And I remember it was like the first of the animated movies that I got both sides of the jokes. (laughs) Oh, sure, sure, sure. And I remember being like, this one's funny. Like, this is a funny movie. Um, I also grew up a huge Austin Powers fan, so I was very excited Mm. about... Like, I think this was the first movie where I recognized both voice actors. Mm, sure. Mask, okay. From Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I loved the movie growing up. Always have, always will. I was the same as Aaron about the show in that I was on my college high horse of, like, why are they doing Shrek? Like, it's not worthy. Brian Darcy James, I saw Next Normal off-Broadway. I was pissed that he didn't, that he left. And I was just like, I don't understand why you would do that. Like, the art. And he's going to do Shrek. Mm -hmm. Um, I had the same conversation about him when he left Hamilton to go do something rotten. And now having seen both things, I'm like, he was right. (laughs) He was right. (laughs) Um, To go be a funny lead. And I first watched this on Netflix. I keep saying six months ago, but in my mind, six months ago is like a year ago. Okay. That's like my yeah, months, I get it. I'm still in March. I'm like, I watched it like six months ago. Um, six months ago, plus the six months that we've just had. Um, for my other show, Broadway Baby. Mm. I on this live cap with our friend Andrew Sanford, who was an usher at... Or a bartender and an usher. He was a bartender um, for almost his entire run. And so he got to see them change the song at the end. And he, oh, many, 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 many times. Um, and I remember still, like, I think I was given this is way more than sentences. Yes, I'm Sorry. well aware. <laughs> this bleeds into my hot take, is how I'm doing this. Um, but not forget what it was. Oh, I was doing it as a DVD. I still was like too high horsey about it being like anything good. And then I watched it when I had to watch it for my other show. And I was just like, oh no, this is wonderful. And that's my hot take. It's well, I have another hot take. I forgot. Sure. Um, I'll, 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 give, I'll give Kimberly this hot take if she wants to have it. The addition of the Smash Mouth song. Yeah is actually quite appropriate and really buttons the show. I like it. In a better way than I expected it to. Because mm-hmm. I remember the buzz around the city when that happened and everyone was pissed and then watching it's it. Fun. It's It's like a mega mix. It's the brand. It's, it's great. Brand. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian. So I remember I seeing... Sentences later. Yeah, I remember seeing the movie. I still have the ticket stub in my nerdy book. Oh, um, mm. to uh, I have never I I have never seen this musical. I have only heard the songs. Um, uh, as I t- I told Kevin today, I had Straw Hats flashbacks because everybody sings. Um, uh, what's the first song? Uh, her song no, in, a t- in a tower. Ba, 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 ba. Like, yeah. Every girl sing. sings that, and, mm-hmm. and like I, I've heard all these songs a million times, not sung by Sutton Foster. Um, and so I had never seen it before. So this is my first experience completely with this. And um, my hot take 
is that um, this is probably in recent history, this musical is the most unfairly treated musical um, uh, for many reasons. Um, and I also, I also think that um, as much as I enjoyed the, um, the Smash Mouth Megamix, I think it undercuts what the show is trying to do. Yes, I would agree yeah. with that. It's fun, but I think that it's kind of like, it, like it's like you write a scene where like two people are fighting, and at the end, like oh, never mind, doesn't matter. Like I think it undercuts a lot of a lot of that. But we'll oh. get we'll get into all of that. that. I do want to just for for just for context purposes, music as we mentioned is by Janine Tesori. The lyrics were David Lindsay Abair. He also did the book. Um, it's based on the movie and the book that was uh, by. Um, the 1990 book or something like that. Um, and then um, this was on Broadway in 2008. It ran through 2008 to 2009 uh, for, uh, let's see, uh, uh, about a year, 441 performances and 37 previews. Um, it closed uh, the th- uh, January 3rd, 2010. Um, and it was one of the most expensive musicals at the time at 25 million. And, uh, you can despite, see it in the set. Yeah. Yeah. Despite pretty good reviews, uh, it did not recoup its final investment. And the show was drastically altered for its tour, uh, or in terms of like set and production and all that was just cut down. Um, um, and, uh, yeah, the original production was, uh, directed by, uh, had it here sorry i lost it um my bad um i have a question about the just awesome uh like oscar buff jason moore i'm sorry jason moore got it oscar buff would did the movie what was the movie up against that year sure so the shrek movie was up against um um so okay Okay, here's the here, there's a lot of controversy around Shrek. In 2001, that year was the first year that there was um, a best animated feature category, and Shrek won, beating oh. Monsters Inc. and Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, which was nuts because this was Pixar's first and Dick's Disney's first like ability to like do an animated you know thing. Um, and uh, and Shrek won. So not only was the movie making fun of Disney, um, it, it beat it, it. It beat it. So yeah. that was kind of I the uh, that was the 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 thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it was only those three movies: Jimmy Neutron, and wasn't Shrek, and Disney and Monsters Inc. Because also was it wasn't this Jeffrey Katzenberg's first Shrek movie or first DreamWorks movie after leaving Disney? <laughs> uh. In terms of Katzenberg, um, yeah. I think it was, and I think that's part of the contra- not the controversy, but kind of the the big middle finger. Yeah, um, it's a big drama. Yeah, um, part of the green tea. <laughs> part of the green tea. Yeah. yeah, because this was one of the things he brought over from Disney, I believe. Um, oh. Because uh, sketchy. Katzenberg's <laughs> began active development for the film in '95. Uh, immediately wow. following the purchase of the rights from Spielberg. And they had originally cast Chris Farley um, to do the yes. voice and he recorded like 90% of it and then he died. So Mike Myers took over. Mike Myers recorded all of the dialogue for Shrek and then they re-recorded it with the Scottish accent. 
Wow. Wait, what? I didn't know that. Yeah, Chris Farley. Chris Farley was supposed to be Shrek. There's audio and like the the previs of him doing Shrek. He died, didn't finish it. Mike Myers did it, recorded it all, and then they decided to go with the Scottish accent, so he had to re-record it. So they recorded Shrek three times before. Like three it came three out. times. Wow. Wow. All right. Um, but let's let's go into this. Um, uh, let's. I want to talk about two things like on this podcast. I want to talk about what you thought of it as a live cap. And I want you to go deeper into your hot takes. Um, so let's, let's start with the hot takes um, since we're already kind of talking about that. Um, Kevin, you said there were three things that you wanted to talk about uh, or three moments that really kind of combat um, moments in other, what are known as like spectacular mu- musical moments. Yeah. Th- this musical is insane because Jeanine Tesori and David Lindsay Bear are like, top-notch like not just top-notch composers and writers they're top-notch like cerebral writers so like they took a product that could have just been like a presentational like pizzazz showy piece and turned it into something that's very like cerebral i mean it's intense that this show is basically from the onset telling you we're going to show you how deeply your parents can affect what you think of yourself and what you can be. And then every character in this show has like daddy issues or like parent issues or some kind of issue. Like, like it's so intense about how like this show is about like freaks and trauma and letting your like trauma let you do that. But like beyond that, like this, there's three moments I think in this show that like are beyond, they're just like ephemerally beautiful moments. Um, and the first, the first one that I have to, ha- to talk about is uh, Who I'd Be, the trio that ends act one. Mm-hmm. And the scene leading up to it is just like so well written. And that just like the way the trio plays out, how it ends, like the things that they say in it, and that, like that reveal character. It's so intensely, it's just perfect. The music is perfect. Like it does that thing inside of you that I always say, it's like, it's the Les Mis, like heart swell. Like when the drums come out for like the D, like the, do you hear the people sing? You start to feel your blood boil. Like, I feel like that moment does that. Like your heart like starts to. There are are better examples of that, of that moment than Les Mis, but continue. Yeah. But I mean, like just that kind of like. That's the hot take. (laughs) Of like, oh, and then like, yes. so that's like one moment. Uh, the second moment I think is the, uh, I think I got you beat song. The way that it goes from comedy to like reality and how quickly it develops their relationship without doing a montage, but an actual conversation that lets them see eye to eye is so well played that even with it ending with like a fart, off situation <laughs> which is like totally like for the kids like it's also a thing that like what also is the thing that plays on into just like letting yourself be vulnerable and completely like grossly unapologetically yourself and like that whole song is brilliant and then um the third one is his presentation of love to her by like telling her how he loves her on like this like the altar when she's getting married like that whole everything he says and how he says it when he says to her like like when she turns around because he says um i hope love is blind 
like if love is blind, then maybe you won't mind the view. And when he says, I know I'm not the handsome prince for who you, like that whole section is just so vulnerable and so like beautifully well-written musically and like emotionally that it just hits way too hard for like a cartoon kid musical to hit. And it's so intense that like the fact that it ends by like um, Farquaad, like not even giving them applause and going, boo, to like bring it back to the kid comedy thing. Like that's the only spot that it bothers me when they like go back into that, like it's a family show. So let's play around. Cause I'm like, this was like a Sunday in the park with George style moment you just created. And you literally just had a man on his knees scream boo to like, and like farted into his hand to like make it a kitschy joke. Cause like, and it was just so elevated so beautifully that I was like, no, 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 no. Like but that part is so beautiful that like, I would actually propose to somebody by like singing that to them. Like, well, but I would, I would also argue, I mean, sorry, I, I just no, to I, piggyback off. It for me. I'm done. Go ahead. Piggybacking off of that and like going into my hot take is that like the way this show builds the character of Shrek is it's why it's like the show, the show is better than a kid's show. Like it's a, it's a kid's show because it's Shrek, but like freaking like, I mean, like going off of that moment right there, like that's in, like he interrupts that moment because it like intentionally because the show is making a statement about how people don't take ugly people's wants and desires like seriously. For sure, for like, sure. Yeah. It's he like he interrupts that because like he, that's the majority culture crapping on like. Uh, like on like the like the out, the marginalized the outcasts the uh same thing with like i think i got you beat we're talking about like comparative trauma and like and we're and we're doing it in a funny way like but yeah. the, the the themes are still there like and who i'd be i discovered that like i feel like i've watched this movie a lot and I've watched this show a lot, but in fact, I just turn it on, fast forward to who I'd be, watch who I'd be, and then like mm-hmm. move on with my day. Because who I'd be is such a great song. And I was watching it this time with one of my friends who's in my bubble and he had never seen Shrek. And he was like, way to go Janine Tesori to like put a, an I want song in the middle of your show. And I was just like, what's funny about that is, here's the thing, it is an I want song, but his act, his I want song that's in the place of the I want song is that he wants to be left alone. And only after this whole, like, he's so advert, averse to expressing what he really wants, that what he finally does get, when he finally has that moment where he's like, fine, I'll say what I want. That, that, that two bar in the middle where it's just silent and Brian Darcy James is breathing in is the most beautiful moment in the entire show because, and it's just out of time. And it's when you can tell he's like, like I just, because I know Brian, like, I don't know Brian Darcy James, but I know his work. 
Like, I know he was brilliant from the back row of the, of, of like the Broadway theater, but having this available to us and being able to watch in a film, how good Brian Darcy James is in this role. Yeah. Every moment of every, like even the second, and I know it was like, it was like, like recorded like the day after, like for pickups, but like when he gets his heart broken by overhearing and then all of build a wall, like you, like when he like, yeah. And it's, it's so, it's so good because it's so, much better than its genre so that actually goes into my hot take which so good good segue this movie is excuse me this musical is complete is the most unfairly treated musical of our generation because you go in thinking this should be a this is a big stupid show this is a big, mm-hmm. stupid show. This is what we all, what you all just said. Like your, your BFA snobbiness gets in the way and like, or your, what you believe a Broadway show should be. And you're just like, ugh, this is a part of the man trying to take over and sell tickets, like all of that. But it's not that way because Janine Tesori wrote it. Like, it's just not that way. And she's basically working from negative a hundred points to try and get back to zero. And like, which is unfortunate because what this musical does is this musical strips away all of the comedy that was in the movie. The movie is all visual gags about like, you know, you know, the Burger King, like, like all of these like very contemporary jokes that honestly, if I watch it today, probably wouldn't be nearly as funny as in 2001, because those are 2001 specific jokes. It strips away all of that. And the humor is just Obviously, they keep like the, the 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 funny stuff that works, the the jokes that you all remember, which is the Muffin Man stuff. But that's all fairy tale based stuff. So it strips away that, so that now Shrek doesn't feel um, uh, pigeonholed into a specific year or a specific decade or whatever. So they so and then they're writing these amazing songs and taking these characters seriously, as opposed to just taking a ticket. Um, and it could never be a great show because of that. It just can't be a great show in terms of the way it's perceived. And, but it wasn't a flop totally financially. It may have been a flop, but like it ran for over a year. So like, it's not really one of the, like, you know, you wouldn't rank it as like top 10 failures with Carrie and King Kong, you know, it w- it's not, doesn't count as one of those. And it's also so crazy because it's Shrek and it's in such a, I said, it's in such a niche area. It's like this very great, this very green area, if you will. Um, that like, you know, it's like, what if Sondheim wrote a Despicable Me musical? Like, you wouldn't take it seriously, but it's Sondheim writing a Despicable Me musical and like, Gru is this amazing character, these incredible songs, like looking after these three girls that he adopted, but it's still a Despicable Me musical, even though it's probably incredible because Sondheim wrote it. Like, it's not fair, but it is what it is. I mean, it's it's sort of in the same vein, I would say, like, not to the same, not in the same way or to the same degree, but like, I don't take 13 seriously, even though Jason Robert Brown wrote it. Sure, but, but, but 13, and maybe I'm wrong, but 13 doesn't have a pre-established brand surrounding sure. it. Sure. You but know it's, what I mean? It's, it's, like a, it's like a genre. Sure, sure. I would I say the, cl- seriously. the closest okay. thing, I, I don't think it's on the same level as Shrek, but the closest thing is probably SpongeBob recently. I agree. 
I agree that SpongeBob, but I don't think it's as I don't think I mean I love SpongeBob. We all talk about how much we love SpongeBob, but I don't think SpongeBob hit the like adult no. depth that this hit. Like when yeah. like there when the music builds in who I'd be when he's like going through these the bridge into him like the like blossoming of him saying it's a big, bright, beautiful world. And then the but not for me and him doing the hand gesture that the little kid does when like the parents are saying, but not for you, but not for me. Like he like grabs his little hand, like when he does oh, that. Well, sure. Like little, like that moment, like that will never not make me cry. Like that, like well, that moment is like, just like also, perfectly structured. It's exactly what an act, an act one closer should be. And then when it opens into like Sutton and all of them, like, like, coming in it's just it's brilliant but also I mean, you also have the the like the benefit of one composer oh my god aaron we're twinsies i was that was twinsies. that was literally what i was gonna yeah. say like, you can't do motif if you have 40 different composers totally in one music like kyle jarrow writing friend of the show kyle jarrow writing um SpongeBob is it such has such a harder job that and he can't achieve what David Lindsay a bear can literally because the process he have is so a different. Collaborator, he has right. songs that people wrote for him. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Um, you can't, you can't call, like, you can't throw back. Like. Yeah, Nikisha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just sitting back and listening to all of this. I'm just trying to remember the first time I watched this because I was a vocal performance major, but I wasn't really into musical theater. So I didn't have any preconceived notions about like, why would this be a musical? It was just like, I know who Sutton Foster is. I know who Chris Receiver is. And I just want to see these people in a show. So when I watched and even watching it now, the only things that um, stick out to me is kind of what Brian was saying, what I really appreciated watching it this time around, which is how closely they stuck to the, to the jokes that worked uh, from the movie, because I think that it was a perfect combination of not trying to make a new story for Shrek, which is what I appreciated. It was what we all knew it was going to be. It, it was the same story. And then the added icing on top was how great the music was and the performances by the actors. So just watching it this go around and, and seeing the close-ups of like of Sutton Foster reacting to things that um, Brian Darcy was saying and it was just beautiful and it was it's so real and organic and you can tell that they were just having fun with each other like there are some moments where in close-ups where you can see like they're probably really laughing at at what they each other were doing um and I I mean when I first uh, I think I I want to say I listened to the soundtrack before I uh, watched the show. So like songs like Who I'd Be, like that trio is everything. I'm always down for a trio and good harmony. That's like the musician in me that will always forever be uh, great. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't really have any hot takes about it because I just, it was the nostalgia for me, you know, like this is this is Shrek, and I'm just getting the added icing on top with all of the the wonderful like costumes and sets, and I think how they uh, filmed it was was beautiful, um, and it worked. Uh, I didn't feel like I was trying to find what to watch. I think that how they uh, filmed it was was great, and yeah, I mean it's a ten out of ten for me. I love all of the songs. I will say. I wasn't really a huge fan of um, 
the character of the dragon and having it be three girls. I didn't really understand that concept. And I heard that there was like another song besides that one that was supposed to be a thing. For the tour, they wrote a new song. Yeah. That's not Donkey Pot Pie. It's a different song. Yeah. And I don't know. It just, that, that part kind of never really settled for me in the, in the turnaround because the character arcs are so great, but then like the, the love between the dragon and donkey for me, that just seemed kind of like a little more like that song doesn't do it for me. Would you say it was passing strange? Oh my God. Get out of here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, uh, speaking of passing strange, can we have a hot take that Daniel Breakers is absolutely phenomenal in this show? Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. not a hot take. That's a take. He <laughs> had the hardest job. He does. Eddie Murphy didn't play a character. Eddie Murphy didn't Eddie Murphy. He, does, he yes. gives the character of Donkey without giving a, a characterization of Eddie Murphy. And yep. he is so authentic. Yes. Like, it, it just, it, he makes it work. Like, that's why that scene before Who I'd Be works so well is because he, he's played everything so authentically that when he's asking these almost childlike questions of, like, who do you want to pretend to be? Like, no, but everybody once does this. Who do you pretend to be? Like, Mm-hmm. we believe him and then like it's just like he's like our little brother like he just does such a good job without like he doesn't steal focus when he's not supposed to yeah. but when he's mm-hmm. given the moment he shines so well um he's, and he's in a halloween costume like he's doing all of this <laughs> with no hands <laughs> with like literally no hands it's like an eeyore costume yeah yes literally, but it's not even like a good one it's like his <laughs> like Underneath his chin is like a like shoelace bow tie. Like yeah. so. On that note, um, and Aaron could probably speak more to this than I can. Um, but here are the Tonys it was nominated for and won. Um, it, it nom- so it was nominated for these. It was nominated for best musical, book of a musical, original score, actor for Darcy James, actress for Sutton Foster, featured actor for Christopher Sieber, orchestrations Danny Trube and John Clancy. Um, but it won best costume design for Tim Hatley. Work. Yeah, the costumes are mm-hmm. insane. I have a very important question. Does Christopher Sieber have a Tony? No. No, I don't believe so. He needs to fix that. Agreed, yeah. agreed. Absolutely. The this? fact. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, just watching it every time, it's just still amazing. The fact that he is on his knees and belting for his life and like running on his knees. Running. Uh huh. And you can't, 
he, it doesn't seem like he's out of breath. Like he, everything is in tune. He's in the center of the pitch. Like you, just how he just transformed into that. And I think that's a testament to all of the actors because I guess in the exception with Shrek, because he has the accent and you have to kind of like do that, but everyone else seemed to have brought their own selves to all the characters, which I think really is why it all worked itself out because they weren't trying to imitate things. And I would contrast that with SpongeBob, but I guess because SpongeBob is a little bit more specific too, um, but they were all trying to be the cartoon, but in Shrek, it was just like a separate entity, but the same story for me. I would even say that um, Mike Myers' Scottish accent is more of a crutch than Brian Darcy James ever even tries to attempt in this. In this, mm. yeah, um, yeah I that. that. But do you know where else we use crutches? For, for, for Fridays in the corner with Kevin today, 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 yes. All right, guys, welcome to Fridays in the Corner with Kevin. And I was very, as I've been talking multiple times, uh, moved by the Who I'd Be scene leading into it. And I thought it was a beautiful thing that Donkey was asking these questions and getting to know his friends better by asking, who would you be if you could just be anything or anyone? So we're going to go around in a circle and you have three opportunities to come up with like completely different career paths and different like, life journeys you would have taken like if you hadn't taken this one or could have taken and um we'll just kind of go through and as a fun little kevin thing you can't repeat a career beautiful okay somebody else has already said it like sorry if you want to be a newscaster girl somebody already was um so we'll start the order that we'll go is we'll go uh nikisha kimberly Aaron, Brian, Kevin. Okay. Ladies first. Okay. So we'll start in Keisha. Okay. Uh, who I'd be. Who I, and we have three chances. Okay. So this, my first one is uh, I would be a uh, stunt person for. Uh, cool. Shows. Yeah. That's awesome. Kimberly. Um, we're speaking any career. Literally anything else, if you had decided like at like 17, you know what? Nope, I'm going to do this. Well, my first career aspirations were interior designer. Yes. Look at this mess. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Aaron? Um, I would probably have been a teacher. What kind of teacher? Math teacher. Mm. Mm -hmm. What grade? Um, <laughs> I mean, you can give a, like an age range, but like specificity would be key. I'm like, okay, all right. I will be, if we want to get super specific because it might still be in the cards. I'm just a, Oh, okay. But, you can, but I would like, so to I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. Um, a math teacher. That's also the drama or dance teacher at a private school. Sure. But what, like high school high or school. like, high school. okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I was like, do you mean like a private school that's like kindergarten and first grade? Right. <laughs> I was like, no, it's a private school. So I don't have to go get a degree. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, I've, 100%. I've looked into that. <laughs> uh-huh. 
You mean the degree that Dakisha worked very hard for? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin caught my eye rolls. <laughs> well, I know. I know. Like, we have the life experience to teach kindergarten. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Brian. Um, growing up, I was obsessed with the movies, so I would want to be uh, a movie director producer. I'm actually shocked that that's not what you did. Um, and look at and look at me now, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and me. I uh, always had this dream of being like a really vicious, rich, high-powered attorney. Love that. Um, I Work. think you'd be excellent at that. I actually feel like you you could do that. Like gorgeous yeah. suits and like destroying people in court for like millions of dollars. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, before I changed to a music major, I wanted to be a psychologist. So I would want to open up my own practice and be a psychologist. Like, would you just do like, like, uh, everyday psychology? Would you be like in like a, like institution? Like, no, just everyday, uh, psychology one-on-one, like, yeah. That into Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just therapy. Just all therapy, all the time, all the feelings. Let's get them all out. Yes. Love it. Uh, Kimberly. Um, my quarantine career, speaking of psychology, that I was really going to do for like a week in August. <laughs> um, and, and now I forget what it's called. Operational psychology, which is um, like going into businesses and like fixing the like dynamic of everyone that works there and making everybody happy and like making sure that their like workflow is nice because they treat their employees well so like undercover boss but like not with the boss (laughs) like the boss hires me to come in and be like they hate you so you need to give them like Like an an operations consultant yeah yeah yeah, a consultant those people that come in for office space when they talk to him, he's a genius. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Flash like a motivational speaker. <laughs> Aaron, um, I'd probably be a dog trainer. Ooh, good or, one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just like training them to like regular like manners or like obedience dog. Tra- like obedience. Um, okay. Yeah. Or, like those crazy agility courses. I That's what like, I mean. That you like running around with a border collie. I mean, possibly, but like, yeah, all of it, all of it. Because our old, um, our old canine canine handler from tour is one yeah. of the best trainers I've ever worked with, and the knowledge that she has about dogs is very exciting to me. Cool. Can't you see Aaron and Parker Posey being like, "No, this isn't a bee. It's a bear in a bee costume." <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Musical starring Aaron Jailbox. <laughs> yes. Work. I'm in. Work, yeah. work, work. Oh, that would be so. It would be, and you know the Chris, song about nuts. It would be Chris. Yeah. It would be Krista Rodriguez would be playing the. Ooh, mm. yes. Yes. Love her. That would be incredible, and I base that completely on hair, but like. <laughs> but all uh, it's actually work. good casting. It's That'd actually be, all like only the only actors who can be in it are also people with dogs. Yes, <laughs> because absolutely. you can't hire other dogs, or else they won't trust the handlers. Oh, that's so good! It's your real dog, mm-hmm. or you do like it wins a Tony, or you do <laughs> this. Yes, you, know, you, do a, you do a gimmick where the audience brings their dogs, and you randomly pick dogs from the audience to be on stage, and just see how it goes. 
No, nope, one hundred percent no. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh wait, hold on. Equity's calling. Oh, that's a no. Okay. <laughs> uh, Brian, go ahead. Um, a travel blogger. Ooh. Really fancy. Oh, definitely. Just like backpack, travel around the world, write books about like how to how to like how to spend fifty dollars a day in this country or something like that. Like $40 cheap, a day easy with to travel. Ray. What'd you say? I said $40 a day with Rachel Ray. Is that a thing she does? That was her first show, right? Oh, I, mm. um, $40 a day wherever she went. Um, yeah, it was something like that. Just like travel the world, sponsors or whatnot to like go to like, you know, Brussels and go to Antwerp and like write about spending time in Antwerp or whatever it is. Nice. Belgium. That is great. Um, okay, my second one. Uh, so before I moved to like new, my New York area, uh, to, like the New York area to like start really pursuing theater, um, I was working at the YMCA. I was the summer camp director. And then for a little bit, I was like the team coordinator of like their teen programs. Yeah. Um, and I was in line to be like hired to be like the, like the director of like youth activities. Mm-hmm. at the Y and like I could see myself being really good at that like I was always really good with kids and like talking and relating to them like a real human um and uh, I liked it and I liked coming up with uh, like creative original programming for kids in the summer giving them somewhere to be other than like out causing trouble and because where I'm from it's not it wasn't like they were like getting arrested it was more that they were like getting into mom and dad's liquor cabinet because mom and dad were wealthy and gone and didn't care mm-hmm. and so it was like those kind of things so it was like having an adult figure that was like paying attention with more than a credit card um mm-hmm. like that was there were some kids that i feel like i really created a strong bond with so like i would want to like do that if i wasn't doing all of this nice uh last round and uh this time um uh this time around uh I'm trying to think of a fun little thing to add to it. Uh, Should we choose careers for other people? Wait, so this time time around, you say your third career, we'll all vote which of the three careers you should have done. Okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What judgment? What judgment? Um, Okay. Well, my third one is like a little lame, but it's what I would totally want to do. Uh, be a personal trainer, but specifically um, be a soul cycle instructor because I love soul cycles so much and they have changed my outlook on working out and empowerment. And I would want other people to benefit from that. So, soul cycle instructor. Nice. Yeah. Kimberly. Um, what I wanted to be when I was a child, and that is a detective. Yes. Sure. Harriet. I wanted a trench coat. I wanted a magnifying glass. Absolutely. Solve mysteries. Totally. And be home by dinner time. Yes. yes. <laughs> yep. Totally. Um, in Nikisha's vein, I'd probably say Barry's instructor. Because I like and I'm realizing that all three of mine have like some teaching element to it. So Actually, I think survey I think survey says that uh Nikisha's already taken aerobics instructor. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. There was specifics in in my choice that was not specified at the beginning of Fridays with Kevin in the corners with Kevin. So um, 
but but the rules are the rules are kind of just like a slippery slope here in Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Well, you know what? I'll turn I'll turn it over to the panel. Do we think that it's okay that Aaron uses this when Nikisha's already a gold cycle instructor? I want I, I want to decide. I want a new one. I want a new one. Uh, fine. Um We'll let Brian go while you think. Okay. Um so I'm not good at this. But I think it would be super, super cool to be someone who does practical effects. Um, so like putting the makeup on like a bloody whatever in a movie or like the fish masks in like crazy movies or even on stage, like being part of the team that puts together all of the like um, Harry Potter magic and like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like I think that is fascinating and I would be practical so proud magic? of my work. Yeah. I want to be. Well, I take that. I want to be a wizard, Kevin. Okay, that 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 makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, a- a- wait, those wait. Fantasy jobs are are, are on the. Table? I know, because I was about to say Xena, warrior princess. <laughs> no, I would. I would. But in all seriousness, I would want to be a, some kind of a special effects master. Cool. Okay. Practical cool. effects. Like head, like a practical effects studio. Once we pick yes. the thing, we can each like. Like Weta in New Zealand, or like um, the practical effects section of Lucasfilm, like Skywalker Sound, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hey, Aaron, you good? <laughs> no. Not All right, I'll go yet. with my. I'll go with my third one. My third one is I would be an FBI criminal profiler, and I would what? like, I would like be like, all right, I would get like kind of like J Lo in like that movie when she like gets into like. Uh, the guy from Law and Order, but not SBU's brain. Uh, what's Vincent D'Onofrio? Mm-hmm. They in a movie together. She like gets into his brain to like figure out where like where he's hiding this girl, but like his brain is like. Is that the bone collect? No, that is that. What's it called? The cell or the lovely bones? The cell. Cell is a movie with Jennifer. I don't remember. Anyway. It's, it's a, anyways, I would be a criminal profiler because I feel like I understand people really well. And you so, have a Maddie Patinkin impression. So yes. it's a, so I will say that you probably need some of the same uh, certifications that Nikisha would need for a a, a, a therapist. There and you go. like so, I, I you might have to because you have to. Because it's a different job, but you might have to go through some of the same training. Okay, the next one is. <laughs> Fine, I'll go with it. I have the next one. I would play. I would pl- uh, play Steve on the like revamp of Blue's Clues on Nickelodeon. Oh yes, honestly, oh, good choice, Kevin. Yes. I would watch the hell out of you opening mail. Absolutely, that was like actually one of my dreams. And like when I went, I, I got to final callbacks to like do a Playhouse Disney show at at like the park. And I didn't get it. I was so sad because I wanted to be that like energetic, like, hey guys, do you want to listen to mail? There's mail here. And like the mail, it never like, fails. I could have just been oh, that would have been so much fun. Yes, you would have been perfect. Oh. I picked that for you for your job. That's my vote. Oh yeah. I got mine and it makes me a horrible, horrible person. What is it, Aaron? I would like to be a a YouTuber gamer. Because mm-hmm. then I would be making a lot of money playing video games. Yes. I choose I want to see my husband's new computer. <laughs> <laughs> if the chair says anything. Oh, Kevin, it is the cell. I looked it up. The cell? 
Yeah. I choose for Aaron um, the drama teacher, math teacher. Okay. Are we uh, are we choosing? Are we like going down, or are we all collectively choosing for each other? Am I choosing just one for somebody else? Uh, yeah. So okay. So Nikisha chose my job. Mm-hmm. I chose Aaron's job. Aaron chose Brian or Kimberly. Oh gosh, Kimberly, remind me of your of yours. Detective, motivational speaker slash like business psychologist. Or um, what was the first one? Interior designer. I like a detective, but only if you have like the Sherlock Holmes hat yeah. and the monocle. Yeah. Oh, that's how I picture myself. And Perfect. Jay is your bumbling sidekick who like stumbles on clues, but like doesn't know what it is because he like is eating a ham sandwich. Have you like, done an yes. escape room with Jay? <laughs> yes, he's, he's, your, <laughs> he's the Watson to your Sherlock Holmes for yes. sure. All right. So Kimberly, you picked for Brian. Remind me. Film producer, sci-fi, effects, makeup. And travel blogger. And travel blogger. Um, Travel blogger, because I think you'd have the most fun. And is that everybody? No, you pick Nikisha's. I pick for Nikisha. I think you'd be an excellent therapist. Yay. 10 out of 10. And this has been Kevin. And you could still do uh, Soul Cycle on the side. Absolutely. Make all the monies. Yes, you get two jobs. Yes. Or start your own soul cycle with your own, like, cycle. Oh, yeah. Soul cycle Oh, therapy. yeah. Wait, do we want to go one really... On one <laughs> Do we want to go really fast and do the same thing, like, giving each other, like, fantasy jobs? Sure. Ooh, why not? What we made up? Really fast. Okay, so, Kimberly, give a fantasy job to Nikisha. I just said one-on-one soul cycle therapy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. No, 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 like, it's a personal trainer, but it's, she's also a licensed therapist. And so like, she gets you like when your endorphins have like hit, but also you like your barriers are down. And so you really learn a lot about yourself. Okay. Work. Love that. Wait, that's like doable that's a, though. Right. Yeah. I know I actually can come over. <laughs> you, you can really put the fantasy as in like perfect job fantasy. Yeah. You want like fantastic, you want oh, like you a want, Shrek like, fantastical job. things? I meant like, I meant like unicorn, like testicles, like measure or something. <laughs> like, like he wants a freak flag job. Right. Like, oh. Almost. It's okay. Um, I think you could place like fairy tale creatures um, with their human counterparts, like who needs each other. <gasps> I love or, like, that. Or with their true loves. A fairy tale matchmaker. Fairy tale matchmaker. Fairy tale matchmaker. Got it. I'm obsessed with that. All right, Nikisha, give Aaron a fantasy job. Uh, I know I wanted to involve dogs. Oh. Well, I want to say, okay, he'll be like a Dr. Doolittle. And so he can talk to dogs. And then so Whoa. people who have the problems and everything, Aaron can fix them because he can actually communicate with the dogs. So he is the yeah. new Dr. Doolittle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right, Aaron, give Brian a fantasy job. Huh. He, wait, he's like the mechanic for the Jedi. Like he gets to literally like supply them with, like he, like also a Jedi, but like helps others, but also like supplies all the kyber crystals. And am I like the Ollivanders of the Jedi world? Yes. Yes. Because I will take that. That is yes. Yes. 100%. Yes. Amazing. Uh, yeah. 
That's amazing. Like you, you, like you have a shop and wait, where, where, what's the world that they get all the kyber crystals at? The, the winter one? Oh, the, I don't the remember the one. name. Oh, uh, Kling, Klingons. No. no. <laughs> and now Brian's doing Kevin? Yes. Brian, give me a fantasy job. Um, I think that you would be the defense against the dark arts teacher at Hogwarts. Um, but you see the count for anyone though. <laughs> well, no, you're the one that they bring in and it, and it turns the tide and Hogwarts actually gets a higher ribbon, uh, you know, rating than a lot of the other schools. I think you bring, and then, you know, you, you're also like the favorite teacher, like you make it fun and not scary. So actually people like really like defending themselves against the dark arts. <laughs> I love it. Does he still love only that. get the job for one year, though? Or yeah, he gets he gets promoted to like Transfiguration or something like that. Uh, I don't it's know. Like, it's like a Mona Lisa smile kind of year. <gasps> yes. <laughs> and you're the Hufflepuff housemaster. Yeah, so it works out really well. I help Julia Stiles through a lot of stuff. It's it's great. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then Kimberly. I would say that you would be the person that people took their unicorns to, to have like their hair like dyed and like their horn shine shown. I make them a horse of a different color. Um, yeah, and you would like do the tail like art and like yeah. embroidery and like tattoo the unicorns and stuff. And this do the, great. you would just like pimp out the unicorns. And I this is girl from middle school. Yay. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Um, so what did you think of this recording? Like, what did you think of the live cap? It's Give great. us a couple sentences. I thought they did a great job. I also think um, it was clear. Did they? I don't know if you'd like research this. Were there days where they were only doing close-ups? I didn't research it, but I would be shocked if that's not like the case. It. Yeah. Because... Um, for instance, Sutton Foster's wig was very good close up. Yeah. Also, I like I think they like gave her a new one. Also, <laughs> like they clearly cut between her putting the makeup on. Like the makeup was flawless. Every like I missed every the time. magic of the makeup going on, but like she looked great. Well, I, well, I also want to like looked it up like because I've looked up all the quick changes mm. and oh, go please. I want to yeah. know. Well, one is mostly lighting. And one that's the one at the end of act one, probably. I think so. And then the one at the end, it's a body double, and she's doing her right off stage. Mm. Yeah, it's still a fast change. She runs fast, and there are videos actually you can watch her get changed. She runs off stage, and then they like she runs off stage, and then the body double backs up as if like when like the fairy tale Mm -hmm. creatures come in. you see, you see the you see the change in the movie, but I mean, it's movie, still super fast. It's still also, really fast. Actually, the change that I watched might not have been Sutton, but it was like another professional production. Sure, sure. I want to sure. see. I but it was see still it. just like blue or uh, green. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of watching Leslie Kritzer's change from Beetlejuice. This is <laughs> such a good. It's a Similar. really. <laughs> It's a really well-directed live cap. Like, it feels, you feel like you're watching a Broadway show, but, like, the close-ups are well-chosen and yeah. well-played, and it's not overdone to the point where I don't, I, I don't lose, like, feeling of proscenium and, like, what's actually happening. Like, I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, Aaron. I have I have a hot take on this that might go against the grain. Cool. Um, I think the live cap itself is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I wish they had done the live capture of it earlier in their run because I feel like they're very settled in the show and are very aware of where the comedy is to the point where all the jokes are sitting a little too long Mm -hmm. and it kills the momentum of the show. Like everybody knows where they're hitting their jokes. Everybody knows how to like hold for laughter almost like Chris Sieber, as wonderful as he is, I'm like, let's move this along, guys. Like, yeah. because we're waiting for the, for the laugh to die down before moving on. And it, at, I feel like at the beginning of the run or closer to the beginning of the run, we wouldn't have been aware of that yet. And we would have almost like overlapped the laughter a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it would have helped the pacing a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. I can see that. Um, any did did anyone? Let's talk about the the audience. Like there was no audience. The only time you ever see an audience member is when Trek has to run onto the stage to stop the yeah. the thing, and you only see like huh. one person's head. Did the lack of an audience kind of was it off putting because you heard them? I guess talk about that, or did you that did not even cross your mind? I actually didn't even notice until you said that right now. Right. Because they were very present because it's so funny that like there were audible reactions the whole time. But as an audience member, I was more interested in watching the people on stage react to that than like cut to the audience laughing at it. Yeah. Sure. I agree. Yeah. With that statement. It still very much felt like I was watching it show and not a movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well right because of all of the wide shots and the proceeding yeah. and everything so it 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 made it make sense cool. <laughs> that it was still a broadway show any other final thoughts on the 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 actual live cap i have a question it might not be about the live cap but it's about the show sure. that was live captured hey kevin <laughs> how did you like the tap number at the top of act two <laughs> I was actually just about to bring that up because I thought we, when the like curtain came up just a tiny bit to show the feet as nice and that was the tap routine, I was sold. It was brilliant. I loved it. I thought it was like, I was like, this is innovative. This is a cool way to bring tap in. I love this. And then Sutton started dancing with them and I was like, no. You should stand aside and watch the mice. And like but she's leading them. No. She's the Pied Piper. She stand aside playing along. She, <laughs> and then her skirt came off, and I was like, oh no, oh no. And then the curtain came up, me. and they were all like men in mice suits. And I was like, no. And then it was like, it I'm was good. just like an endless hell for like three minutes. And like, well, I'm glad it started, and I was like, Kevin will like it. Kevin will like it. And then the top hats came out, and I was like, Yeah, Kevin. I can't watch a tap number now without thinking about you and whether you would like it or not, if it fits one of your rules. It was perfect oh until the curtain came up and she took her skirt off, and then I was just like, This isn't like, why do you have a tearaway skirt? Why do you you don't have a tearaway skirt? That's a dress, girl. That's an expensive <laughs> ass dress. No, the <laughs> only thing I thought that Kevin 
and I don't know if you would have thought of this, but you probably did. Um, you can't hear those sounds on the forest floor. No, we're in a forest. A forest. But I was okay. There's dirt. <laughs> I was okay with it when it was just the mice because it was such a cute gimmick idea that I was like, it's a scurrying of feet. I'll give them that. Like, that's cute. But then when it was like, gay, like four gay men in like mice hat top hats i was like nope like i love this but, but also nope like well on, on that note let's play a game <laughs> um for those of you who are on patreon uh you're gonna see the game now for those of you who are not a member of patreon uh we're gonna skip right to the rotten tomatoes and our and rankings um but uh for the game kimberly take it away really fast he's doing the top note in i know it's today at the end? Uh, sudden. I feel like it's... Is, is it sudden? Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. She's doing a cute mix. Yeah. That That's one of those moments in the show that's so... like uh, I cry played, every time. Like, harmony-wise in this recording that I can't tell who is who. I know the mm. teenage girl is belting the, like, middle tone. Yes. That she, teenage girl is so good. She's yes. good. She's given that middle tone, but I couldn't tell if the little one or Sutton were doing the top. No, the, the little one was doing it because she had a note change at the bottom. Okay. okay. And, but no, yeah, it was Sutton. Because I thought about uh, that too. I was like, is she singing it? And I kind of like looked and listened a little harder. And I was like, oh yeah, I know she's doing a cute mix and, and how they're mixing it is great. Yeah. So it's blend is impeccable. Amen. See, every, every time that, that last chorus comes in, after it's me, Fiona. Yes. Every time. You cry. I so cry great. every time. Uh, let's do our Rotten Tomatoes. Um, okay. It has a score, but just for fun. Yes. Um, did this air anywhere besides Netflix? No, this was did never had a release. Okay. Um, but the, the DVD and whatnot, um, it has an audience. It does not have a critic score. It has an audience okay. score. That was my main question. Oh, yeah. that's, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I want you to do two things. I want you to name the percent you think that Shrek the musical has. And let's, let's do Shrek. What do you think like the movie, the 2001 movie got? Oh, okay. I was 12 when I came out. So 102. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Yeah. Yes. All right. Okay. I'll go first. I think Shrek the Musical has an 89%. And okay. I think that Shrek the Movie has a 96 Okay. Who's next? I will uh, go back. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I would say that the musical is an 88 And I will say the movie is a 94 Okay. Aaron? I'll say the musical is a 79 Only because... Musicals on Netflix, man. Yeah. Um, okay. Very true. And I'll say the movie is. I'm gonna go high. I'm gonna say 99. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Um, and then Kimberly. Um, I'm torn. I'm torn. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna say that the movie is a 90. And the okay. musical is a 96. Wow. Okay. So let's go with the musical first. Um, Aaron nailed it as a 79%. Wow. No critics consensus, Poor but not, 79% for 429 uh, audience reviews. What's the highest review it got? Uh, 
I don't know, but the <laughs> there are only three reviews of it. One says, oh. musical version is edgier, not as fun as animated movie. There are a few off, another one, there are a few off-color lines, but those should fly right over the heads of youngsters, appeal mostly to families with younger children. A good, uh, separately, a good-natured show, has a winningly inclusive spirit, a fantastic appeal, and vaudevillian comic showmanship that evoked The Wizard of Oz. Um, okay. Well, those right. are the three, only three reviews on that. Um, and okay. for the um, Shrek, the 2001 movie, um, it is, uh, let's see here, the movie, um, Kimberly won that one with 90%. It was uh, 88%. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, while simultaneously embracing and subverting, while simultaneously embracing and subverting fairy tales, the irreverent Shrek also manages to tweak Disney's nose, provide a moral message to children, and offer viewers a funny, fast-paced ride. Okay. Uh, All right. The uh, the audience score is ninety, which would also have been Kimberly. Yeah. Okay. Um. So now that we've done that, that low. uh. Mm, um, I bet you over time, people were less enchanted with it. And 12-year-olds. That's a different movie, Brian. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I wish that was streaming. I love that film. I know. That movie's great. Talk about, like, no expectations going in and, like, I wanted to buy a marimba on the way out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where's marimba? marimba. Uh, oh, that's, a, that's my job. I want to be a marimba player on the beach. Oh, I want to be the marimba setting on all the keyboards. <laughs> oh, Brian already has, Brian has the closet to literally be a marimba player. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, well, while this marimba player gets uh, the Anne ranking set up, Kevin, um, would you please uh, tell us about the... <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about the rules? Well, all right, me little muffin. I am Scottish, and I'm going to be talking to you about Scottish stuff today. So we're going to talk about the unranking system. It's very understanding. There's a one, there's a two, and there's a three. And the one, me mateys, because I became a pirate. <laughs> one is the great movies. And two is the movies that are like, this was an awesome accent in the beginning, but then it failed. And then threes are like, no, you never had a good accent, man. You were always a pirate. And then there's a plus or a minus. And the plus is like, well, you tried, so it's not really a pirate. And the minus is like, no, bro, it's totally a pirate. And this is the unranking system. Beautiful. Wow. You, you, I don't think you actually did Scottish in there. No. (laughs) There was no right. real accent to be discerned. This is why when I saw Shrek, I was like, oh my God, this role would be great for me. Oh, wait, I don't do accents. Never mind. <laughs> I'll show you a sing the crap out of that, though. Oh my yeah, God. I bet you could. No. Oh, girl. I'll make right. Fiona. We'll do it together. Yes. All right. It'll be so yeah. good. Aaron, do you want to be my donkey? What? <laughs> Absolutely. Aaron, do you want to be my donkey? That sounds like Patreon content. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also we cast ourselves. Brian is. Oh, Brian is boss. totally P- Pinocchio. Oh, I can't hit. I cannot hit those John Tartaglia notes. Let me tell you. No, but that's the thing is, we play it different. Where Pinocchio goes into like the deep lower register, and it's like really funny because he's made of wood, so he's like. Mm. Woodwind. 
Yeah, it worked. Oh, <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm down. I feel like, then, like, and then we would get rid of those three girls and have Nikisha be the dragon by herself. Absolutely. Oh, sure. yeah. In like a cool yeah. puppet suit. Like, or you fly or, around like Spider Man. I know I'm watching RuPaul. <laughs> I know I know I'm watching RuPaul, but I would love to have a drag queen play the dragon. Oh uh, yes, like Shangela. Oh my God! Can you imagine? Wait, I know what you guys are talking about now. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hi, look at you. Okay, I'm, I'm, we're going to finish Brian, season five tonight. Brian, you have to find it. There's a clip of Shangela with. Uh, Vice President Elect Kamala Harris, where he's like, he's like, Hallelujah, Kamala, Hallelujah. <laughs> and he's, he's trying to show her how to do the fan thing that oh, drag queens do when they like shoot it out and just let it like fan. Yes, it's Aaron. Incredible. <laughs> oh, it, Aaron's got it. a fan. Aaron's he's got gonna, it. This this should be Patreon content. Oh, and it is because it's visual. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yes. he uh-huh. teaches Kamala how to do that. It's incredible. <laughs> Wait, I keep texting Kevin about uh, RuPaul, and I'm like, hey, listen, I know you had this conversation ten years ago, but you're about <laughs> to have it again. <laughs> Bring it. Let's talk. He like just discovered who Alaska is, and I'm yeah. like, oh. so, but I'm, I'm, we're about to watch the finale, so don't tell me. But oh, okay, um, yeah. um, let's let's rate this. Let's rate Shrek. Okay, yeah, it's gonna be a one for me, dog. It's a one for me. Like a solid one? Like a, a solid, solid one. One. Okay. Kevin? I'm going to be the hater and go one minus. Only because I think the strong parts of the movie are one plus, but the the stuff that I forgot about that I don't watch and fast forward to was a little draggy. Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go there and a one minus. It was great, but, um, I think that the one minus balances out the ex, the the amazing parts that Kevin talked about, and the kind of like, you know, the like the as much as I love the mega mix, the end song as much fun as they were having undercut a lot for me. Oh, we never talked about that. Oh well, too late. That's okay. I mean, bottom line is they did something magical, and then they were like, but also don't forget it's this movie; it's still a property. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Based um, on everything that everyone said, like I came into this wanting to say it was um, like, I'm going to go with Brian and Aaron. I agree. It's a one minus. Uh, so one minus. Yeah. Uh, okay. And the one uh, minus, it joins the one minus category with Frozen, Frozen 2, Saving Mr. Banks, Six by Sondheim, Bathtubs Over Broadway, Get Over It. Reefer Madness, American Sun, 1776, A Mighty Wind, Follow That Bird, and Shrek the Musical. Wait, that's a strong that's a strong group. That's a strong group, but how did Reefer Madness get into one minus? I I truly think Kevin, you gave it a one. <laughs> I the think more I get away from it, the more I'm like, that was a bad movie. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, I'm like making, it a three. I'm making a proposal, like not a proposal. I'm, this is my theory, and I, I have no proof for this. Well, I'm going to stop sharing. I have no proof of this. I think a lot of our rankings are off in hindsight because we paired them with other movies. So it was like an in-episode comparison that uh, skewed what we actually oh, think sure. of those movies. Whereas if we just it. watched Miss Reefer Madness for a week, we would have gotten into like the more like parts we didn't enjoy, and it would have influenced those 
um, mm-hmm, rankings. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Fair. I don't see I can buy that. Um, let's, go, let's do them all again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, on that note, that well, brings we'll us... We'll start over for quarantine part two. Yeah, for yeah, exactly. Um, um, but we'll definitely be in a better mood this time. Um, but let's... Um, let's uh, uh, that's the end of our episode. Um, thank you so much all for joining us. This was super fun. Shrek was a really good time. Definitely, I definitely enjoyed it more now. Um, um, again, we end every episode with a quote. We do. Um, we do. Uh, and this week's quote is, uh, and then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. I was actually going to do somebody once told me the world (laughs) going to roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Hey now. Accurate. Yeah. Um, but, um, thank you all so much for, um, for hanging out with us. Um, thank you patrons. Hi. Hi. Um, uh, and, um, as we end every episode, we, Oh, you can find us on things like Spotify, um, Apple podcasts, um, rate and review us there five stars, stars, please. please. And thank you. Uh, again, we love hanging out with Nikisha and Aaron. Um, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, and, um, you know, if you're still into political things, you know, maybe phone bank for Georgia. But um, aside from that, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And we raise a glass and we say, Cheers. Cheers. Should we sing a Smash Mouth song to end this? And then I saw her face. And Everyone show your your long legs now, I guess. <laughs> Was anybody waiting for Eddie Murphy's like thing where he does like I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Yes. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.